And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. Who's that strange-looking man behind you? Let's call. I met him at the laundry, man. Sam Spade Detective Agency. Sam, sweetheart. I don't know what to do, Rabbi. Every night he listens to the radio. I can't keep him away. The Lone Ranger, uh, the Shadow, the Master Avenger. Uh, this is not good. It tends to induce bad values, false dreams, lazy habits. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents the best in classic radio. This hour on Hollywood 360 will conclude the Red Skelton Christmas show from 1946. Then, Herbert Marshall stars in one of the best episodes from the long-running suspense series. It's a Christmas murder mystery, and you won't want to miss it. By my side is my co-host, Lisa Wolf. What's up, Lisa? Hi, Carl. So, last time we began listening to a very funny Red Skelton show. It's their Christmas Eve show from 1946. All kinds of skits about Christmas. Let's go back and tune it in. The conclusion now, the Red Skelton Show. I feel pretty bad, though. I didn't get you nothing. How would you like a new car? Why, show? Well, here's some vitamin pills that'll keep you alive that long. <laughs> hey, look, over there's a bank. I'll go in and get some money and give it to you. Oh, the bank is closed. Well, I wasn't going to make out a withdrawal slip. <laughs> no, forget it, Mr. Deadeye. It's Christmas. You don't have to prove to me that under that dirty shirt beats a good heart. But that's why I want to get you something. Bob, but I don't want it. You don't know what it is. Twenty years in this state, ain't it? <laughs> no, now, it won't be no trouble at all. Look, there's only one cash in there, in there with all that lettuce. Yeah, but that's old Tim Hartnett, one of the best shots in these parts. Careful there, partner. I'm the best shot in these parts. Watch me light my cigarette by shooting it. Holy, that is. Yeah, it's kind of short, though. You better watch your nose. I prefer the difficult shot. <laughs> oh, well, things didn't smell too good around here anyway. <laughs> well, come on now. Let's go over there, that bank clerk, all by himself now. Yeah, well, I tell you what. What? You take your deck of cards and deal a poker hand. Now, if I get the best hand, we'll forget about robbing this bank. Okay, that's mighty neighborly of you. Now, there you are. Five for me and five for you. What you got? Three aces and two kings. Well, Santa Claus came early. I got a pair of sixes. Man, a pair of sixes don't beat two kings and three ones. These do. They got pearl handles. (laughs) Man, you show is lucky. (laughs) Now, climb up there and keep them covered. Why is it cold? Get climbing, will you? Uh, Merry Christmas. Well, Merry Christmas. Trick or treat. (laughs) You only say that on Halloween. Oh, gee, I plum forgot to tell you, but this is a stick-up. Oh, yeah? Well, take this. Oh, dead I ain't got me. Well, don't lay there. Get on your horse like me and let's get out of here. Chapter 4, Christmas Eve in a Child's Heart. A home 
with the tree, the warm spirit of love, and a child is truly the meaning of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I wonder where Junior is. He never stays away this long. Uh, Pat, uh, what did you get Junior for Christmas? I got him what every boy like him should have, my dear. A muzzle with straight jacket to match. <laughs> oh, Pat, you didn't. Well, what's wrong with it? I got him the same thing. <laughs> By the way, has the boy hung up his stocking? Has he? Every pair he has. Plus his high tops at a windsock from the airport. Fasten your safety belt. There he is now. Open your Well, where have you been? Where did you get all those presents? Not so loud, not so loud. I think I'm being followed. <laughs> you mean there's a man out there? Good heavens! Maybe he wants to kidnap you. No, he... Well, don't look so happy about it. Where have you been, Junior? Down at the corner drugstore. Oh. Yeah, have you been worried about me, had you? Yeah. I was down there and I thought I'd never get waited on. Hey, you don't have a charge account at the drugstore, do you? No. You just now. <laughs> well, I... I hope you didn't give them a lot of trouble at the drugstore. They kept me waiting so long that when I finally did get waited on, I fixed them, boy. I bought a box of uh, bobby pins and made them gift wrap. Every one of them. <laughs> that wasn't very nice of you. Uh, what do you think Santa Claus would do if he heard about it? I don't care. I didn't get to see them this year to tell them what I want. I don't care. Let it get back to him. I don't care. No, let him know I is bad. Let him know I is bad. If he has any ideas of bringing me anything, just tell him to forget about it. I'm going to wait up for him. When he's not looking, I'm going to grab him and push him in the closet and knock him in there. And then I'm going to be the new Santa Claus. I'm not going to have big, vicious-looking reindeers. Fuzzy with fangs on him. They got great big spikes for horns. And they will sneak up and night not looking, they will trample. Oh, yeah! What's the matter? I scared me down. No, it's all right. No, it's not. I said bad things about Sandy Claus. But don't worry about it. He won't forget you. He likes good little boys. That's what I mean. Cook goose, you can serve me for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> now, that's enough now. Uh, what did you buy for Christmas? Uh, what did you buy me, Junior? Well, um, it's, um, you never guessed. Here, look, look, look. <laughs> it looks like a tie box. Well, that's what I thought you'd think it was, and you're going to be surprised when you open it up. Why? There's nothing in it. Nothing in it. <laughs> Imagine our little grandson doing his own shopping. You know, Pat... It's things like this that makes me sorry I ever grew up. Oh, you didn't grow up, Grandma. You just grew out. <laughs> well, Verna, my dear, we've taken our age gracefully. Still young in heart. And one nice thing about our age, people no longer tell us we're getting old. That's very sweet of you, Pat. Boy, he's bucking for something. <laughs> he know Christmas spirits got him. Only last week, Grandma, he said you helped Paul Revere saddle horse. <laughs> I was only telling the boy a bedtime story. Well, Junior, I'll have you know I'm not that old. Oh, no. Hey, the British is coming. Good luck, Paul. Drop me a card from next thing. <laughs> I think it's time for you to go to bed. No, I'm not sleeping. But this is the night when Santa Claus comes. Well, I don't care. I know. I'm so sleepy, I hard keep me with my eyes open. You know? Here, take this popcorn ball. You might want to gnaw on something. Did you make them? Yes. Well, if it's all the same to you, I'll just gnaw on the bedpost. <laughs> it's easier on me, cheese. Now, 
they're not that bad. Oh, now I start chewing them and I wind up gumming them. <laughs> hey, good night, Grandpa. I hope Santa Claus brings you what you wanted. Well, I asked him to bring me a new Buick Roadmaster. One like Red Curtis has? Uh, a maroon one with white wheels? Yep. The top goes up and down? Yep. One that's all shiny uh, new? Yep. Oh, you dreamer, you. <laughs> You know, I was going to get you a new Bell and Howell camel, you know, but every... Uh, to replace your brownie, you Really? Know? Yeah, but every time Bell put my name down, Howell rubbed it off. <laughs> You've stalled long enough. Hurry off to bed, dear. Okay. Sandy is due here now. Well, I don't think he'll be coming here. I've been pretty unbearable lately. Oh, you know? he's pretty fair. I think he'll overlook a few things. A few things, yeah. But when I close my eyes and see all the things I wrecked this year, I sort of put that atomic bomb in the firecracker class, you know? <laughs> well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Get somebody up on the roof. Now they're downstairs. They're downstairs. I better go down and see who it is. I wonder what time it is. Maybe it's a stick up. The clock's got both hands straight up. Straight up. Where's me pop gun? I'll sneak down and scare him away. I will. I'll slide down the banister and then they won't hear me. Whoop! I forgot something. More comfortable with pajamas on. Who's asleep in the chair there? Danny Claus. I'm going to pull his beard and see if it's really him. <laughs> the beard is really connected to him. Boy, I pull it and his ears stood straight out. Well, Junior, why aren't you in bed? It's late. Well, you reindeers woke me up. I, I didn't think I'd get to see you this year. You That's know. right. I missed you down at the department store. Yes, you did. Here, sit on Santa's lap. Oh. <laughs> Boy, you sure is soft, ain't you, huh? Who built you, Simmons? Huh? <laughs> Boy, you look like a family-sized bottle of ketchup, you guys. Old bloodshot blimp here. <laughs> oh, boy. How come you went to sleep in a big chair? Well, this is the last house on my route. I wasn't sleeping. Just resting my eyes. Thinking. Is you tired, Santa Claus? No, not tired. Disillusioned. For years, I've believed that everyone lived with the spirit of giving in their hearts for 365 days a year. Not just at Christmas time. Oh, you don't know the half of it, Santa Claus. You ought to sneak up on them around summertime. Boy, it's getting so people don't even shake hands anymore, you know. They can't get a good enough grip because of the greased palms, you know. <laughs> you don't know the half of it. Kenny, you had tears in your eyes. The smoke burning them? Hmm? <laughs> no, I've been thinking maybe it'd be better if I stopped coming back. Oh? Stopped. Trying to bring the spirit of giving into the hearts of the world. Oh, Santa Claus, you can't do that. You gotta come back. So many people love you. Not for what you bring them, but because you're just symbol of goodness. Ah, uh, but only for a short time. Tonight I passed the grave of a boy who fought and gave his life. Tonight I passed the park bench where his brother sleeps. Tonight I passed the house of the man who made both possible. Like a miser, he's trying to hold the precious destiny of his fellow men. Worshipping not the spirit of Christmas, but kneeling to the power of greed. Halting the wheels of progress, betraying all the right to a free government. Belittling those who gave their lifeblood for peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Wishing a merry Christmas to no one. Ah. Oh. I think it'd be better if I never came back again. Oh, please, Tiny Claus. It'll be better next year, it will. Well, I'll think it over. 
Just remember, Junior, greed is the greatest weapon of war. Yeah, I know. Grandma tells you things like that all the time. Well, I must be getting along. Oh? Great. Oh! <laughs> Say, I almost forgot to ask you. What do you want for Christmas? Oh, well, now, you don't have to bring me nothing, goodness. <laughs> I, I, I haven't been very good this year, and I, I won't ask for anything. That'll probably be the best thing I've done this year. Well, I don't think you've been that bad. You is tired, ain't you? <laughs> <laughs> now, just reach in the bag and get whatever you want. Well, There's not much left. Okay, anything will beat that piece of junk you brought me last year, boy. <laughs> That wasn't junk. It is now, boy. <laughs> hey, what kind of book is this? What kind of book Mother is this? Mother Goose. Would you Goose? like to have it? Well, Seems yeah. like a lot of folks are asking for comic books this year. Yeah, they've been so hard to get during the war, they all went to OCS, you know. <laughs> well, well uh, that's a very terrible yeah, I gotta be going, and my wife will be wondering what's become of me. You has that trouble too, huh? Mm-hmm. I'll run upstairs and watch you take off. All right. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oh, look at them reindeers. They look like ponies with whole trees in their heads. Goodbye, Junior. Bye. I feel much better. I'll be watching my daily report for more brotherly love. Sure and helping along. I do me best, Annie Claus. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Annie Claus. Merry Christmas, next Tuesday at the same time. Until next Tuesday then. This is Red Skelton saying goodbye now. Thanks for listening. And Merry Christmas and God bless you all. And that's the Red Skelton Show from December 24th, 1946. Red Skelton and all his gang sponsored by Rally Cigarettes. Although Mike removed all the Rally Cigarette commercials as heard on NBC. Let's take a quick break. Then it's a terrific episode of Suspense. Stick around. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Hey, fans of Classic Radio, Carl Amari here. I've created a free app just for you. Get 10 Classic Radio shows free in the Classic Radio Shows app. Plus, there are many more shows available for in-app purchase. You can get your free Classic Radio Shows app in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. The easiest way to get your free app is to log on to Hollywood360radio.com and scroll down to the Classic Radio Shows app banner and click either the Google link or the Apple link. Don't miss out. Get your free Classic Radio Shows app today. Do you love classic radio shows? The Jack Benny Program. X minus one. Suspense. Now you can receive ten classic radio shows on five CDs every month by joining the Classic Radio Club. Hi, I'm Carl Amari. I've started the Classic Radio Club so fans can receive the best of the best from my library each and every month. Join now and receive your first ten classic radio shows on five CDs, a $39.95 value for only $4.99. Then every month, I'll hand-select ten more of the greatest classic radio shows and mail them to you on five CDs. Log on to ClassicRadioClub.com to join and receive your first 10 classic radio shows on five CDs for only $4.99. That's ClassicRadioClub.com or call toll-free 888-642-6556. That's 888-642-6556. 
Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Welcome back. I'm Carl Amari. This is Hollywood 360 across about 200 radio stations coast to coast. And uh, we remind you to check out our website. It is Hollywood360radio.com. We have a podcast there, tons of pictures of Lisa, other fun stuff. We also have a Facebook page, right, Lisa? We do, Hollywood 360 Radio, and we have the schedule posted there, usually uh, right at the beginning of the week, so you can see what you can look forward to. Uh, you can check it out on the website or Facebook. Yeah, make sure you check out Facebook. Make sure you check out our website. Do like us when you go to Facebook. We'd love to build our likes. And right now, something you're really going to like. It's an episode of Suspense, a Christmas story called Holiday Story, also known as Back for Christmas. Now, Herbert Marshall stars in this December 23rd, 1948 broadcast. You're going to love it. Here's Suspense. In just a moment, Autolite presents Suspense with Herbert Marshall. Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations bring you radio's outstanding theater of thrills. Starring tonight, Mr. Herbert Marshall in Anton Leder's production of John Collier's Holiday Story. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun. Just right. Then one horse open shade. Oh, jingle bells. Wilfred! Wilfred! Yes, my dear? What on earth are you doing down here in the cellar? Why? Uh, just doing a little digging. And why, may I ask, have you chosen this day of all days to dig up the cellar floor? Well, I... I thought as... The weather's been so damp, this would be a good time to plant that little devil's garden I told you about. Devil's garden? What of nonsense is that? Oh, that was my little joke about it. You see, I've, I've managed to get hold of the spores of several unclassified wild orchids. Oh. In their wild state, they bloom under, under damp masses of leaf mold. The Orocanian Indians call them devil flowers because they appear to bloom under the ground. Well, I'm sure the Orocanian Indians will be very interested if you succeed in growing these ridiculous flowers under the cellar floor. Whom else it will interest? I can't imagine. Ooh, what's that terrible smell? That's the leaf mold. Chemically identical with the earth blanket they grow under in the wild state. I suppose I should line the pit with concrete so as to prevent seepage from this foreign soil, but I don't suppose there'll be much time for it now, and I... I do want to get these started before we close the house. There certainly will not be time for it. Do you realize that we're sailing for America a week from today? And you've made no arrangements whatever. Unless you call digging a hole in the cellar making arrangements. I certainly don't. Devil's garden, indeed. Sometimes I think you're going soft in the head, Wilfred. I suppose it is inconsiderate of me. You see, I've been wanting to try this experiment for a long, long time, but... <sighs> What with my lectures and seminars at the university, there never seemed a time. Well, there certainly isn't any time for it now. I suppose you've forgotten I made an appointment for you at the barber's this afternoon. Oh, no, 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 no. But, uh, must I shave off my beard, Hermione? I thought we'd been through all that. Of course you must. They don't wear beards in America. Go get your jacket on and do as I tell you. 
Yes, Hermione. And don't forget to take your umbrella. It looks like rain. Yes, Hermione. Oh, don't look so put upon, Wilfred. No, I... Someone has to plan things in this house or you'll never even get to the university in time for your lectures, much less make arrangements for a trip to America. Oh, I know, I know. But what about my specimens? There'll be plenty of time to plant your precious devil's garden when we get home from America. We're not going to be gone forever, you know. We'll be back here for the holidays. Oh, yes, of course, back for the holidays. I'd forgotten. Well, try to remember it. And if you can't do that, just do as I tell you. I've been making the plans in this house for 20 years. And if there's any digging to be done, I'll manage that as well. You understand, Wilfred? Yes, Hermione. Good. You have just 20 minutes to clean up this mess down here and keep your appointment at the barber's. And when you finish there, I want you to come straight home. Oh, I wanted to stop and pick up some books I ordered. Well, all right. But don't loiter the whole afternoon browsing over those old books the way you usually do. Now hurry and clear up this rubbish. Get rid of that smelly stuff. And no more digging, mind you. Yes, Hermione. Yes, Hermione. How many years has it been since I've been saying that? Ten years, fifteen, twenty? Clear up the rubbish. Yes, Hermione. Don't forget your umbrella. Yes, Hermione. Do this, do that. Yes, Hermione. Yes, yes. How much longer can I stand this? That's the first portion of Suspense. More after these words. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Now back to Herbert Marshall in Suspense. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Miss Malcolm. Why, it is Professor Carpenter, isn't it? Mm. Oh, you uh, you like me better this way? Oh, you look ever so much younger without the beard. Twenty years at least. Twenty years. You'll be glad to know those books you ordered have finally arrived. Uh, books? A phytotomy of phalloid gametophytes and coniferous shrubs of North America. Those are the ones you ordered, aren't they? Yes, thank you. You're very kind, Miss Markham. Why kind, Professor Carpenter? Not many young ladies in bookshops would go out of their way to look up rare books for an old professor of botany. Why, you're not old, Professor Carpenter. Really, you look... (laughs) And besides, I adore botany. It's my particular hobby. Oh, really? Yes. You never told me that before, Miss Markham. I was afraid to. You were so imposing with the beard and all. (laughs) Miss Markham. Yes? Forgive me if this sounds foolish, but... uh, I feel that shaving off my beard is the most important thing I've done for... for 20 years. Oh, it is. I'm sure it is. I'm ashamed that I've been so distant with you all this time. Oh, there were times when I almost spoke up. Times when you came in here tired after a day with your students at the university. You seemed so alone, the way I'm alone in the world. I'd like to have asked you to stay a while and talk with me. But some way or other... I wound up by giving you your change and letting you go on your way. You say you're all alone in the world? Since my father died. Did you never think of marrying? My father was a very remarkable man. I never found anyone who seemed to measure up to what he led me to expect of men. Miss Markham. It's been so long since anyone called me by my first name. I'd like you to, if you want to. It's Marion. Marion. And yours? Wilfred. Oh, How long have you been alone, Wilfred? Alone? Oh, I knew you were a widower, of course, the first time I saw you. 
a widower. I can always tell. There's a certain sadness in a man's eyes, a sweet sadness, I think, when he's been married and then... A widower. I never thought of it in quite that way. But perhaps I shouldn't be talking like this. But I've often wondered what she must have been like. Your wife, I mean. Hermione? Was that her name? Yes, Hermione. Not an easy woman to forget. Very strong, always managing things. The house, my wardrobe, my friends. When we dined at a restaurant, she even ordered my food. She was always managing things. You might say she... Yes, she managed herself to death. Poor woman. She must have loved you very much. But she needn't have put herself out so. It's plain to see you don't need things managed for you. Is that so? You need companionship, I think. Someone sympathetic with your work. But the last thing on earth you need is a manager. How well you put it. The last thing on earth. You certainly took long enough about it. What do you look so pleased about? <laughs> I don't know, Hermione. Getting rid of the beard, perhaps. I feel 20 years younger. Oh, you look even smaller. Your face looks triangular or something. I'd forgotten your chin was so weak. But never mind that. You can grow it back soon enough after the holidays. Where are you going? Down in the cellar. Oh. I just bought this electric lantern and I thought it... I'd put it away down there. Now, whatever possessed you to buy a thing like that? I don't know. I rather like this lantern. Might come in handy. Who knows? Now, Wilfred, don't start digging down there again. I've a hundred things to do putting the house in order before we leave. I want you to carry these boxes upstairs for me. Yes, Hermione. And if you are going down to the cellar, take this along and stuff it into the furnace. Oh, this is my old bathrobe. I may need it. Nonsense. I bought you a new one. Get rid of it. <laughs> and don't start pottering down there with that devil's garden or whatever you call it. I'm through digging, my dear. I think the pit is quite deep enough now for my devil's garden. It would all have to be carefully planned, of course. Just as carefully planned as Hermione was planning the trip to America. We both went about our arrangements as the days passed. I spent all the time I could with Marion, and finally she consented. And then it was the last day, the big day. The day we were to sail for America. Operator? Operator, are you there? I'm still waiting on that call to Salisbury. Well, put them on quickly. Hello. Is this Paul Holton, sons? It's Mrs. Wilfred Carpenter. Did you receive my letter? Good. Now remember, we'll be back for the holidays and I want the job done without fail. What's that? Oh, no, I'm sure he doesn't suspect anything. Send the bill to me in New York, as I instructed you, addressed in my name, of course. Oh, yes, I've already put them in the mail. You'll get them tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, here you are, Wilfred. Where have you been? Backstairs. I dismissed the servants. Dismissed the servants? But I've asked some friends of mine into a farewell tea. Go and tell them it's a mistake. I'm afraid it's too late now. They've packed and gone. You have messed things up properly. How many times have I told you to leave things to me? I make the plans around here. Yes, Hermione. You'll have to do better than this when I plan the trip home, or we'll never in the world be back here for the holidays. Mm, back here for the holidays. Back here for the holidays. Must you keep saying that? Why not? 
We are coming back for the holidays, aren't we? Well, supposing I were offered a professorship in one of those wealthy American universities. Nonsense. Americans care nothing for botany. Luther Burbank was an American. That's different. What have you ever done except muck around in the dirt with a lot of roots and tubers? They asked me to lecture. That means something. Of course they ask you to lecture. Americans will pay to hear any foreigner deliver a lecture. Once. Now, there's no use getting yourself in a state about this, Wilfred. No doubt this extra money will come in very handy when we arrive back, back for the... For the holidays. Precisely. <laughs> and it's no good you're making a joke of it. Heaven knows where you'd be today if I hadn't got a sense of time. Yes, my dear Hermione. And as you've been so foolish as to dismiss the servants, you may empty the ashtrays and straighten up this room while we're waiting for the guests to arrive. I'm going upstairs to change. Call me when they get here. Yes, Hermione. <laughs> Marion, it's Wilfred. No, my darling, nothing's wrong. My plans are the same, and unless you've changed. No. We'll meet in New York and be married there. I'll explain why later. You'll have to trust me. Yeah, yes, my darling. Wilfred? Sorry, I can't talk any longer. Yes, I'll meet you in New York without fail. Until then, my darling. Wilfred? Were you talking on the phone just now? Yes, Hermione. Whoever was it? <laughs> Freddy. Freddy Sinclair. Didn't I hear you say something about meeting somebody in New York? Oh, yes. Well, he was, uh, old Freddy said he might possibly get over there before we leave. I said, of course, we'd meet him there if he did decide to go. Seems very peculiar. But then all of your friends are peculiar. Yes, Hermione. And just look at your jacket. Have you been digging in that cellar again? Yes, Hermione. Well, there's no need for it. You can't possibly get that devil's garden thing finished. Uh, go and change your clothes before the guests arrive. Yes, Oh, never mind. I see somebody coming up the walk now. Go and let them in. Yes, Hermione. Wilfred. Yes, my dear. Look out the window. There's Professor and Mrs. Goodenough, but who's that with them? Huh? Why, it's... Precisely. It... Freddy Sinclair. Surely you should have been talking to him on the phone not three minutes ago, and now here he is. Yes, isn't it? But then as you say, Hermione, all my friends are peculiar. <laughs> not half so peculiar as you. Digging in the cellar an hour before we leave for America. Just look at yourself. And now that I think of it... Yes, Hermione? Oh, never mind. Go and let them in. No, you were going to ask me something. Of the hole I'm digging in the cellar. Oh, good heaven, stop rolling your eyes about that way. One would think you were digging a grave down there instead of a storage bin. Yes, Hermione. What's that? I said yes, Hermione. Oh, bother, open the door and stop saying yes, Hermione. I think, my dear, I've said it for the last time. for the holidays. Hermione was so positive we would be back for the holidays. That last afternoon, pouring tea for a few friends who had come in to say last minute farewell, she kept reiterating it. Now, mind you, Hermione, don't let those Americans lure your husband with one of their fat university jobs. We absolutely must have you with us for the holidays. He will be back, I promise. Good. It's not absolutely certain, of course. Wilfred, what do you mean it's not certain? Of course it's certain. After all, Wilfred, old boy, you've contracted to lecture for only two months. That's right. But then, of course, anything may happen. Oh, Wilfred adores being unpredictable. Now, what other man would decide the day, the very day, mind you, before leaving for America, to dig a great hole in the floor of the cellar? In the cellar? Yes, he's going to put some unclassified wild orchids down there. A devil's garden, if you please. Oh, my Sounds dear. Sounds so mysterious. Oh, my dear. That's Wilfred, though. 
It's really quite simple once you find out what he's up to. Now take that telephone call he put through to you a few minutes before you arrive, Freddy. To me? Of course. Wilfred wanted to surprise me about your plan to meet us in New York next month. Wasn't that why he called? To ask you not to mention it? But my dear Hermione, Wilfred couldn't possibly have telephoned me within the past hour. I've been walking in the park since three. He didn't telephone you. How could he? And as for my going to America... No, 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 come, Freddy. You may as well own up. Hermione has found me out again. But Wilfred, old chap, I really don't. <laughs> you see what a poor liar Wilfred makes. He's as red as a beetle. Aren't you ashamed of yourself, Professor, stringing poor Hermione along like that? And as for you, Freddy, I'm furious. You said nothing to us about going to America. But look here, old girl. I've been trying to tell everyone here. Oh, that... stuff and nonsense. The game's gone on long enough. Besides, we must start getting ready. It was marvelous of all of you to come in to say goodbye. And don't worry about Wilfred's little jokes. I will bring him back for the holidays. You may rely on it. They all believed her. For years she'd been promising me for dinner parties, garden parties, committees. And the promises had always been kept. This time they wouldn't be. I'd seen to that. The servants were gone for good. The farewells all said. I had time to the minute how long it would take to fit in the hole in the cellar. My devil's garden. Upstairs in the bedroom, I undressed, folded my clothes over a chair, put on my old bathrobe. Then I opened the door into Hermione's room. Hermione, have you a moment to spare? Of course, dear. I'm just finished. Then come in here for a moment. There's something rather extraordinary here. Oh, good heavens, Wilfred. What are you lounging about in that filthy old bathrobe for? I told you to put it into the furnace. I'll do it today. Yes, I really will. I promise. Well, high time. Now, oh, what is it you want to show me? It is in, in the bathroom here. Just look. Who in the world is supposed to drop a gold chain down the bathtub drain? Nobody has, of course. Nobody wears such a thing. Then what's it doing there? Well, I don't see anything. Here. I'll hold this flashlight for you. If you lean right over, you can see it shining deep down. Such a lot of nonsense. Just as well. I don't see it, Wilfred. Go on looking, Hermione. In just a moment. Wilfred, I absolutely refuse. Wilfred, what are you doing? Take your hands off my neck. I will, Hermione, just as soon as I've finished the arrangements for my trip to America. What are you talking about? You thought we were the only one who could plan things, didn't you, Hermione? Well, I've been making some plans of my own this past week. In exactly one minute and 45 seconds, you'll be dead. What? You see, I planned it very accurately. You'll never get away with it. <laughs> I thought you'd say that, Hermione, but I will get away with it. You won't mind the smell of the leaf mold down in the cellar when I take you down there today. Oh. Yes, that's where you're going, Hermione. Into my devil's garden that annoyed you so much. My friends, they all expect me back for the holidays. And if I don't come back, they'll start asking questions. No, they won't. No, because you'll write them letters, Hermione, on the typewriters you always do. They'll be signed H in that neat, cryptic way you always sign your notes to your friends. Oh, let me up now. No. It won't work, Wilfred. You were never any good at planning. Ah, but I've changed. I've learned from watching you all these years. The lecture people in America... <laughs> They'll be expecting you to travel with your wife. I will be traveling with my wife, but not my present wife, Hermione. What? Fortunately, they've never met you. I'll write a few letters home for you, then fewer and fewer. I might even come back alone in a year or two and sell the place, say you died in America. Nobody will ever suspect that you're lying under the floor of the cellar in this oh. very house. Wilfred, it won't work, I tell you. That pit you dug in the cellar... I can assure you, my dear Hermione, it will serve its purpose well. Wilfred, you must... Sorry, my dear, I've got to get this done according to plan. 
You have just five seconds to say your prayers. Wilfred, you must listen. The cellar is... Don't you prepare Oh, Stuart. Ah, uh, yes, sir? My wife is in this pool. She'll be taking her meals in our stateroom. For the whole voyage? Yes, for the whole voyage. Well, I trust your wife is feeling better this morning, Professor Carpenter. A little, yes, sir. Not yet well enough to leave her cabin. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, by the way, here's a copy of the radiogram you sent for your wife last evening. Oh, thank you. I'll just check it over. But look here. What is it? Did the typist make a mistake? No. No, nothing important. She can correct it later. For a moment, I had a feeling that Hermione had been leaning over my shoulder again. Correcting what I had written, she always did. I had written a radiogram to Professor Goodenough and his wife. Have not been out of cabin the whole beastly trip. Wilfred Well, doubt will be back for the holidays. The copy read, no doubt will be back for the holidays. Exactly what Hermione would have written. Well, the rest of the voyage was uneventful. And Marion and I met in New York just as I had planned. Just as I had planned. Professor and Mrs. Carpenter, we have reservations, I believe. Oh, yes. We've been expecting you, sir. Boy? Yes, sir? Take Professor and Mrs. Carpenter's luggage up to their suite. You know, Mrs. Carpenter, you're quite a surprise. Oh? The letter reserving the rooms was so uh, thorough. I was expecting an older, more forbidding sort of person, frankly, ma'am. Oh, no. As a matter of fact, we are just married. Yeah. But my letter reserving the room? I... I wrote the letter, my dear, and signed it, Mrs. Wilfred Carpenter, just as a joke. <laughs> what a cunning old fox you are, Wilfred. Now that I think of it, I am, rather. Oh, I almost forgot. A letter for you, Mrs. Carpenter. That's peculiar. I wonder who on earth... Well, we'll, we'll find out in good time. I mean, come along. We're keeping the boy waiting. <laughs> Nothing like a cold, brisk shower to put a man to rights. Wilfred, <laughs> this letter... Oh, yes, yes, the letter. Darling, dry my hair, will you? Yes, dear. It hmm? seems to be a bill of some sort from a building contractor in Salisbury. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, yes. Oh, bother, dry your own hair. Right, thank you, Miss <laughs> Let's see this, uh, see this bill or whatever it is. Yeah. It's very puzzling, Wilfred. You were a widower, weren't you? I mean, Hermione isn't still alive. Oh, good heavens, no. <laughs> Let's have that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dear madam, that's a good one. This is to acknowledge your order together with the keys to your house in Launston Place. Our men had no difficulty in finding the place where your husband had begun the excavation in the cellar. But apparently he changed his mind at the last moment and filled it in again. Oh, but is it, Wilfred? Our men will begin digging tomorrow. You may rest assured that it will be a professional job and will be completed in ample time for your surprise Christmas present to your husband. We are happy to be conspirators with you in this thoughtful gesture and hope that Professor Carpenter will be pleased at the results of our work. 
that he so quaintly calls his devil's garden. Very truly yours, Paul Holt and Sons Contractors. Well, what does it mean, Wilfred? It means that Hermione was right. I will be back for the holidays. 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 Thank you, Herbert Marshall, for a splendid performance. And now, here again is Mr. Herbert Marshall. It has been a pleasure to appear tonight on Suspense. And it is my pleasure to extend to all of you, for Autolite, Tony Leader, and his Suspense cast and crew, and myself, best wishes for the holiday season. Next week, on Radio's Outstanding Theater of Thrills, you will hear William Bendix in another gripping study in... Suspense. Herbert Marshall will soon be seen with Margaret O'Brien in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production of The Secret Garden. Tonight's suspense play was dramatized by Robert Tallman from a story by John Collier. Music was conducted, composed by Lucian Morawieck, and conducted by Lud Bluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leader. In the coming weeks, Suspense will present such stars as Ethel Barrymore, Dana Andrews, Robert Montgomery, Danny Kaye, and many others. So make it a point to listen each Thursday to Suspense, radio's outstanding theater of thrills. And next Thursday, same time, hear William Bendix. This is the Autolite Suspense Show. Good night. Merry Christmas from Autolite. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. And that's Suspense from December 23rd, 1948, with Holiday Story, also known as Back for Christmas, starring Herbert Marshall, also in that cast, Betty Lou Gerson. That was sponsored by Autolite, and Lisa's the Autolite girl. You know that, Mike? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, you switched to Autolite. Good night. Very good, Lisa. That's what she would have done back in the golden age of radio. That would have been her whole job. She would have just showed up. You know, no, on Tuesday a, night, that's a plum and job. she would have made like you know tons of money. <laughs> switch to Auto Light. Good night. It's all she would have said. Well, I could say that for you. Yeah. No. Anytime. That's okay. So that's what you that's that? what got you your spaceship then, huh? Yeah. Just those few she words. All that money just Look, saying that little bit. You gotta do what you gotta do. But she's the best at it. There's oh, nobody yeah. better than oh, yeah. her. All right, let's take a quick break. Then it's more here on Hollywood 360. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Next week, we'll continue our Christmas programming with Authors Playhouse, Fibber McGee and Molly, 21st Precinct, The Shadow, The Bing Crosby Show, and Escape. From my team here at Hollywood 360, thank you all very much for tuning in. Stay safe. We'll see you next time.